Happy holidays! It's Nerd Pals in the Morning on SNP 93FM, The Dragon. I'm one of your hosts, Stan D-O-O-M, that's Doom, kicking it live from Castle Latveria. What's up? <laughs> and I'm your co-host... <laughs> And I'm your co-host, your partner in crime, Chris the Ninja Samson, <laughs> reporting live from in the field from Washington, D.C. And we have a special guest today, Ryan Marlowe, <laughs> who is just Ryan. How does it feel to be? How does it feel to be a professional guest <laughs> at <guys>. this point? <laughs> awesome, like life goals achieved. Totally awesome. Yeah, you can put that on your resume. I can. Yeah. I probably should. <laughs> so this is our this is our last regular episode of the year. We made it. 93. 93. Guys, we're almost at 100. Yeah. That's um, scary. Insane. So we figured what better way to, to close out this year than with a Star Wars episode. We got a Star Wars. All the Rogue Ones. Oh my God, it was so good. I can't. I can't. This episode's gonna be full of feels. I just love how we live in a world where we're getting a Star Wars movie every single year now. It's just yeah, uh, we're getting. A I was having guys. You better be. We we should watch out and prepare for the fact that it might not happen next year. Um. Uh, uh, thanks, Ryan, for that. You're welcome. I'm trying <laughs> to be a realist, man. <laughs> I mean, that's just counting the movies. I mean, we had plenty of like TV shows and expanding universe. Uh, well, yeah, but then. Yeah, but it's not the same. Right, but like so so basically what my point is is that is that the next generation is not gonna appreciate having so much Star Wars and they're not gonna like it as much as we like it. They're gonna be like, Oh my another fucking Star Wars Dad <laughs> Well those that generation can eat shit. No offense. What kind of kids complain about oh god, another Star Wars? I mean you think millennials are bad. Aren't we technically the millennials? We're, we're we're technically millennials, Stan. No, we're definitely millennials, but you think we're bad? But oh, we're the next not. gen. We like Star Wars. They're not, they're oh, not even going to be called next gen millennials. Oh, they can go fuck themselves. They're going to be called. I don't know what they're. They're going to be called the survivor are. generation. <laughs> the, the the last remaining generate the last one. Oh, get out of here! So Star Wars was good. <laughs> <laughs> I stand. Really I thought it is. This we're getting, was we're getting to right. be a happy We're getting episode. to the happy. We're it's shitting happening. on a generation that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> it's happening. Stan, don't give it to the dark side. I mean, no, no, please don't. This is a time for rejoicing, even though Rogue One was pretty dark, but it's okay. So dark. It, it was. I, my, my one thing is, is like, I, I, Facebook memory popped up today and it was... This time last year, watching Force Awakens and having John Boyega be in the same movie theater as me. And I was like, well, I don't have that. Rogue One was really fucking good. It was really good. And I was I was really impressed with I only had Disney. one problem with it. Oh, go, go ahead. Sassy, sassy Darth Vader. Whoever they got to play Darth Vader... I clocked this sassy walk, and I'm like, yo, Darth does not have that much sassy swag. I'm not okay with this. 
But other than that, it was fine. It was cool hipster Vader. I mean, like, he walked like he knew he was the shit. I'm like, nah, man, you got too much of that, like, hip action going on. Like, I'm not okay with this. Well, this this is a point... to be fair, this is a point in the Star Wars timeline where Vader is like on top of the world. None the rebels haven't had their first win yet. You know, so so far they're just like a pesky like, oh, these fucker got these fuckers like over here. But he's got a fucking castle. He's second in command of the Empire. He's got a nice nice like sauna 24-7 going on. I he of course he's strutting. Yeah. <laughs> and he's making really me, bad jokes. Me, like, a little. It bothered me like a little. I didn't even care about the bad jokes. If you're being oh, I thought honest. I was like I was like Vader, choke on your own aspirations. Please, please stop. I love that what? part. I was like, what? What did Padme see in you? Did, did dad you just... jokes. He's got dad, dad jokes, jokes all the time. I was uh, I was totally fine with that uh, one. I was like, dad joke. Yes, sassy walk. No. I'm really glad they got James Earl Jones back yeah. for voicing. Oh, that was no. that was class act. Yeah. To speak about Vader, I'm really happy this movie came out because now this is our last impression of Vader and not, you know, him screaming, no, like, like, no, this is, this is badass Vader. That movie doesn't exist. None of them do. That used to be the last memory we had of live action Vader. And now everyone's last memory of Vader is him strutting through, just throwing rebels like up against walls and like, that's like the most badass Vader thing I have ever seen. And spewing dad jokes. Except, except for the, the, the Vader comic where he's like, I'm surrounded by dead men. And- oh, yeah. Vader in the comic book is like sassy, frassy, like all, all the time. So it didn't really surprise me. But, it you know, it's a, di- it's a different sort of Vader because at that, at that point, they didn't have the Death Star plans. Um, he didn't know his kids were alive. So he's pretty much like in his bachelor pad on on Mustafar, like just chilling out. (laughs) (laughs) And then shit goes real bad, real fast, but like real quick. Yeah, I think they had. I think they also had some great nods to the original three, and there was just there was just so much in there for me to like be happy about. As soon as we were done watching it, I looked at Tom and I was like, "So we're gonna go home and watch." the original three now right like like that's what's that's what's going down it like got me all jazzed up to go back and re-watch all of them which i think was exactly what it should have done yeah i agree like there's for one there was a lot of easter eggs nods and references that you know they were really enjoyable to point out and two it just it shines the original trilogy in a brand new light like for example like one of the biggest examples is now we know why the fatal flaw in in the the death star wasn't just like some engineering malfunction by some lazy engineer because you know that's like that's been constantly memed about especially like in like robot chicken and family guys like oh a small thermal exhaust port led to the explosion of the death star but now we know that mad mickelson's character uh galen orso he specifically set up a vulnerability while building the Death Star because that's his way of rebelling against the Empire for killing his wife. Yeah. And yeah. that made that was, that was like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's, it just put everything we know about the Star Wars into a brand new light, and I really appreciate that. It also definitely helped that they cut in original footage from the original three 
into the movie. I love that so much. That I like, I sat there and I was like, my eyes were like huge. I was just like, oh, if I could have stars in my eyes at that point, they probably would have showed up. Like I was just, I was so happy. Yeah, I, I, one of my biggest appreciations for Rogue One is that it didn't shy away from its timeline. It didn't try to say like, oh, this was going on while everyone else was off doing something else. And so that way they would avoid having, say, Tarkin in the movie. And, but they're like, nope, Tarkin's in here. He's, he's a weird CGI man, but he looks real good. And here he is. And, and here, here's some uh, late 70s cut-in footage of the Rebel pilots so we can get some rogue leader and gold leader up in there. And I thought that was really impressive. And, and, and it took me out of the movie briefly seeing that because I knew it didn't exactly mess up, uh, match up. But it didn't do it in a way that took away from the film. It was sort of like, like you know when you're watching a stage play? And you're really into the story, and they pull out some really impressive technical feat, like with the stage, whatever, like with whatever they're doing on stage, and you're just like, "Whoa, that was awesome!" They shouldn't be able to do something like that. This was the exact same response that I had, like, "Whoa, that's fucking Tarkin. He shouldn't be in here. That's a CGI face." But wow, I really appreciate that. Same thing with the Rebel pilots and Princess Leia. Yeah, I was reading an article earlier, Gareth Edwards and his take on. Uh, using the uncut footage from the original movie and he was saying yeah we were at skywalker ranch and and we were just trying out like memorabilia and like ch- check out the lore and all the all all the classic props and oh then we found this random bin of like unused film and it was like holy shit we should use this so they went through the entire film and they cut out and they digitized footage from the, the original attack run and then it, and for a moment, Gareth Edwards, he was like, oh, I'm not quite sure if this is worth it. But then fast forward to the Hollywood premiere and he had a whole bunch of like Star Wars fans like punch their hands up in the air and cheer when they saw like the uncut original footage. And, and Gareth was like, yeah, this is the right call. I was like, good job. Good job, yeah, Gareth. Yeah. You're awesome. And uh, like, I really loved all the attention to detail with like making sure the time period felt like it belonged like having all the the new rebel pilots have like 70s mustaches and sideburns and and hair and just, and like having all the technology look like it was built in the 70s like those like shitty like computer screens and stuff that they're like watching footage on and and i just thought it it was great and it, it while i was watching rogue one it felt overall like it was a lost movie from the original trilogy like someone had just found Oh, like, oh, wow, they actually recorded the first two hours of A No Hope, and they forgot about it. It was originally, like, a four-hour <laughs> movie, actually, but we f- we just found it. Here it is. I actually also, are, are we, is this, like, full spoiler cast? Can I spoil and ruin oh, yeah. it for everyone now? Okay, only, only if you've seen this movie are you allowed to listen to this, so. Oh, yeah. From, na- from here on out, like, spoilers, even though we've already just said, like, five. Yeah. But it's fine. Um... I think what also made it feel really real and true to the stories and to the timeline was the fact that they gave you an inkling of hope. Like, oh, they could actually get out of this. No, they're all gonna fucking die the way they should. I would have been really mad if they had, like, found a way to get Felicity Jones and Diego Luna to survive that movie. I would have been like, no, y'all took a stupid easy way out and I'm not okay with it. But they didn't. Everyone died the way they were supposed to. 
And I think what freaked me out the most was seeing Princess Leia. Because that was scary <laughs> like baby Carrie Fisher. And I was like, now hold up. I was trying to figure out how they did it. And I had to look up the cast. And I was like, no, that's not old footage. No, it's not her daughter. It's some Norwegian actress that I've never heard of right there with buns. And I uh, just, uh, there are so many, there were so many happy things going on that I was just, it was perfect. It was perfect. So, and- so that was an actual like human face. Yes, that was a real human yeah, face. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this I thought that looks... was CGI. Yeah, no, me too. I, thought, I was like, this face. is. <laughs> they saved most of their budget for Leia's face. That's what I was say- telling myself. And no, that's I why Tarkin looked a little off. Tarkin's face. That's why Tarkin looked a little off, and that's why Leia looks spot on. Another thing that I just wanted to bring back to an earlier point about the new movie, the old movies having a new context. Now, I, when I think about the beginning of A New Hope, especially. It now doesn't seem like Darth Vader happened to, like, come across Leia's ship while she was, like, doing a different mission. Now there's, like, this new sense of, like, frantic, like, holy shit, we gotta get out of here, we gotta get real fast to the beginning of A New Hope. That even though you see all the rebels running around and shit going, like, crazy on the Tantive Four at the beginning of New Hope, I was just like, oh, they're probably freaking out because Vader's there. But now they're freaking out because they just came out of a fucking war zone and Vader's hot on their tail and he ain't playing around no more. So I thought that was nice. True facts. <laughs> Ryan, to address your points, I really appreciate, like again, like how far Disney pushed the stakes and the envelope because I was expecting, like, most of the cast to die, but I wasn't expecting, like, everyone, everyone dying, like, like Alan Tudyk, uh, that was uh, his uh, K two. That that was like right out of Serenity, like hit, him as Wash dying, so they could buy time to send out a signal to some important for some important cause, and and Rook, the Imperial cargo pilot defector. I did not expect him to get blown up in the face with a, with a nade, and it's like holy shit. So I think uh, Disney made the right play. Especially that that one scene where they're on the beach and it was this really haunting but beautiful and bittersweet moment where like the, the Death Star explosions like spreading out and they're just hugging each other. And I really appreciate the fact that they didn't try to force a romance between Captain Cass and... and oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I was going to get really annoyed with that too. This could have gone so wrong and I think it went so right. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just so right. Yeah, because I was afraid because like when after after they sent out the signal in the tower, there was that moment where they were in the elevator and they were just, they're just looking at each other. I was like, I was like, oh well, no, are you gonna kiss? Don't look at each other like that. That's exactly what I was saying, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like I was just not, I was not having it. I th- I thought they were when I first watched it. I thought they were like going for that at the end when they're on the beach and they're like holding hands and stuff, but. And I was like, this doesn't feel like it was earned. Even, like, the fact that they were, like, hugging. But then I was like, at the same time, if there was a nuclear blast coming my way, I would probably grab the first person DRB and, like, hug them. Like, it, yeah. could, be, it could be, like, the garbage man, and I'd be like, come here, boy. <laughs> You're literally about to die. What else would you do? Just sit yeah. there and be like, nah, get your stank off me? No, you would. It's an emotional moment, but I'm happy. They, I'm really, really happy. They didn't push for any sort of like romanticness between the two of them. Yeah, there was too much going on in the movie anyway for like 
Matt. Yeah, when are we all gonna have time to have a romance? Yeah, exactly. Like when? When when he's about to kill your dad? Like, is that when? It's all about your priorities. Yeah. And and stay with your point, I'm really curious like how like the distance of time between Rogue One and episode four. Cause like Leia still has to pick up the droids, which are, which are still th- on the. I think C three PO and R two D two are on the Tantive for the entire time. Okay. Um, I think a New Hope starts literally one second after the end of Rogue One. I think it's immediately because they're tearing ass to get to Alderaan. There's no time for them to, to stop back on Yav- Yavin Four on the way to Alderaan and get the plans to bail. There's just, there's just so I think they're already on there. Well, there was that one scene where there, uh, it was like, I think it was like in somewhere in like the second act of the movie where we see C-3PO and R2-D2, I they're know. hanging out on the hangar. So like, I'm so, so I'm confused. Like, well, I mean, all the, all the, ty- all the X-Wings and shit took off, but none of the, the capital ships yet. You're seeing all the, the frontline people run on those ships and heading off to war. Oh, okay. For yeah, all intents and purposes. Forget, Jimmy Smith's character also left at some point and was like, I got this. I'm going to go give this to somebody I trust. So who's to say that whenever he left, a bunch of other people left and that's- It was Leia that he left. Exactly, but- We just didn't- They were like hiding her because they didn't want to show her until the end, but she was on Yavin 4. And C-3PO and R2-D2 are her droids. So where where she goes, they go. Same thing with um, Padme in the prequels. They were like tagging along wherever Padme went. Same thing with Leia. So we didn't get to see it, so that way we didn't see them boarding the Tantive Four. And then later in A New Hope, when uh, Luke asks C-3PO if he's seen any battles, he's like, yeah, a few, but like, there's nothing really to tell. And that's because the Tantive Four was safely tucked away inside of a rebel flagship, so they actually didn't see anything until Darth Vader came on board. So technically, they didn't see a lot of fighting, but they were absolutely there. Growing up watching this, we had R2-D2, and we had C-3PO, and we fell in love with them both, and then Force Awakens happened last year, and we got BB-8, who was, like, the cutest little thing in the world, like, thumbs up with the lighter, like, the most adorable little mm, you've ever seen. And then in this movie, we get the sassiest droid I've ever met in my life, and I want, like, and I want, like, five of them, just K2SO. to, like, be around. Right. Like, I, yeah. it, was, it just made me so happy. I was like, you are a sassy little shit and I love you. Alex Tony has a great, great affinity for playing robots. He plays K2, he played uh, Sunny and iRobot, you know, good man, good man. I think also, like, it's because he used to be an Imperial droid and they rewired him, but he, like, retained his sass. I think, like, everybody in the Empire is just, like, a bunch of sassy people. They're always, like, talking shit to each other. Well, I mean, with Darth Vader, with them dad jokes, like let's like let's be honest, you let that trickle down, something's gonna get sassy. Besides your walk, so I'll intuitive. Uh, K two is one of my favorite. Uh, like 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 my top my top characters in this movie. Uh, Chira, you know Donnie Yen, Donnie freaking Yen. I could talk for like hours about how amazing Donnie Yen is and how. I think for Rogue One, it's going to be the first time a lot of people are going to see Donnie Yen for the first time. And now it's going to be a household name. It Man. And now he's going to be the villain in like the new Triple X movie with Vin Diesel, which I, look, I'm so excited to like just to behold. And- I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Chirrut is immediately became one of my top like favorite characters in Star Wars. Like 
bar none. This like force sensitive like monk type character who's blind and protects the last Jedi temple like ever. And like gets thrown out like on the and streets. And he's really snarky. And yeah. He, and he has like a beautiful relationship with um. Is it Daze or Raze? I, don't know. Uh, I, I kept calling. I kept calling him the bald Wookie because he was just a very big man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with calling him the bald Wookie, though. I like that. That that was also just a really interesting dynamic between the two of them. I am I wrong in assuming that they were like a married couple? Yeah, I think I think they they I would totally ship them. Oh, by the way, his real name is uh Bazi Malbus, played by okay. Zhang Wen, and I totally thought they were a couple. I totally and, thought they were a thing, and I was yeah. fine with it. And it makes it makes the the ending um the end of the road for those two characters very poignant if that's the case. And I I, I looked at it in that context, and I, it 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 lent a lot more emotional weight to the scene. Instead of them just being like, you know, bros or whatever. And I was like, this is a very touching moment. Like, way more romantic than Jin on the on the beach, you know? Oh, yeah. And Chara, Danian's like, you find the force, you'll find me. And then and then Baze, he, he takes up his mantra and sacrifices himself. I was like, oh, it was so beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And, I, and they're, they're doing a, a series of novel, novelizations. And I know one of them is a explore the backstory between those two so i'm really oh, excited really? to read that i'm yeah. buying that book as soon as it yeah. comes out i'm all about that shit <laughs> the best couple 2016 yeah baze and <laughs> oh so oh, good yeah. so good best couple easily i don't want to alarm you two but apparently Felic- felicity jones has a sequel clause in her contract what <laughs> no, no, is it is it like a prequel what? prequel where she's like a soldier under Saw Guerrero? You know what I want. But I, the only way that makes sense is if they're calling it like a sequel, and Rogue One is the sequel, and they're just gonna do something else to fill in that timeline in between Rogue Zero Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue and Zero. <laughs> they could just call it freaking Jin for all I care, but no freaking sequel. Also, I don't want Tom to be right. You know what I want? And you know what I was thinking? Remember when we saw Saw again later on on Jetta, and he was like 80% a robot man because of all the battles he's seen? Mm. Well, yeah. I was thinking that in episode 8, we'd have an old grizzled Jin who lost most of her body in the explosion on Scarif. But the, nu- the Death Star everything. nuked everything. It didn't nuke everything. If you see the blast, it hits the water way off the base, and the blast approaches no. them. If Darth Vader can survive in lava, no, <laughs> with most of his body gone, if Darth Maul can survive from Phantom Menace all the way up until Rebels, l- missing half of his body... But Jin can take the, a blast. Stan, Stan, no. this is the planet killer, the Death Star. But this they didn't estab- kill the planet. They established that this weapon is made of kyber crystals, the same crystal that powers the lightsaber. But they uh, and yes, they only used one reactor shot and fired into the ocean. The was? They no. hit. They hit the radio tower, missed the base entirely, hit the water. I want to see an old. Grizzled Jin Erso missing a lot of her body parts, replaced with cyborg parts, and like one eye patch and like shrapnel on her forehead. <laughs> oh, so no, so, wait, so no, you, you want you, you want Venom Snake point. Jin Orso? That's what you want. Yeah, he wants like cyborg 
Jin Orso, which is fine, but you just brought up something that I only just thought about now. They make a huge deal about the kyber crystals throughout this entire movie. Doesn't she have one around her neck the entire time and nothing ever happened with that? Like, is, oh, is yeah. it supposed to be significant in any way, shape, or form? It's Other significant. Other than the fact that her dead mother gave it to her. Or am I being too insensitive? Yeah, it's significant if you read Catalyst, the, the prequel novel. Oh. Galen or Erso, her father, did a lot of research into Kyo crystals, and that's why they needed him for the Death Star. And yeah, like you said, her mother gave her one of the crystals as a keepsake. It's basically just her reminding herself of where she came from, like what her purpose is, which is to make sure that those Death Star plans uh, don't stay hidden. So Well, they didn't. Good freaking job. I'm happy you died because she died. Allegedly. For the right reason. No. Stop Stan, it. why are you waving the, this banner? You're fighting a... I want You're Venom Air so that's why. lost. It's dead. Literally dead. I'll give you this. I wish Forrest Whitaker had more to do in the movie. Because from the trailers, like I thought he would be fighting with all the other rebels in the third act. But all he did was just kind of stand around. I mean, he, he raised Jin. But the rest of the movie, he just kind of stand around, stood around and directed insurgent attacks on the Empire. And I really wanted him to, like, bust out, like, a an autocannon from his arm and, like, go to town. My opinion on him is that he is the hook to get you to buy the inevitable, inevitable novel series and or comic book ongoing, filling in Jin Erso's, like, adolescence. Mm-hmm. I, think like- that's, I think that's what it is. I'm see I'm I'm looking up an article right now that says that it's a sequel option clause in her contract. So like if they wanted to if she wanted to exercise resurrecting her character her character is general. Like she's dead. Like none of them are coming back after that according to this. Like they're all dead. But if they wanted to do like a Jin standalone, she could come back as that character. Is what the clause is supposed to be, according to this. I guess I mean there's room in there for that because like, when we first see Jin, she ended up in an Imperial prison, right? So yeah. I mean we don't know how yeah. she got there, and that's, that's fine. Something. That's okay. Yeah, but you can't bring back half robotic Jin or it's not happening. She's dead on a beach. I got two words for you, Darth Vader. He died oh, on a volcanic sh- beach. <laughs> but he has the power of the force to like keep him alive. And also like, the power of hate, you know? Yeah, he's got the power of hate. And also lava hit him, not the goddamn Death Star. So they did. Well, guess what? They built the second Death Star. Remember that? I Family remember, knowledge exists in Jyn Air, so they had the reviver. I remember the kid throwing a lot of temper tantrums. <laughs> But <laughs> they dead on a uh, beach. You will find their ashes mixed in with the sand. Stan, I, I feel like you're going to pull like some <laughs> ghost in the shell stuff where like Jin Orso's kyber crystal activated and tapped into the power of the force. Hey, remember when Stop she was climbing up the side of that? Turned into like the body of, of K2SO. And, remember when she was climbing up the side he, of that computer bank with all those hard drives? I'm pretty sure she got some of her DNA on those hard drives. Her consciousness floating around in that computer bank. Oh my god, yeah. both of y'all are asking <laughs> for shit now. No. no. They uploaded her to the cloud. She's coming back. Oh uh, no! Jun Orso is Skynet. <laughs> Everyone should run. 
<laughs> oh, oh my god. She's not coming back. She's dead on a beach. End of story. I refuse to accept anything but. <laughs> I mean, I would I would accept a prequel sequel before Rogue One, but anything after it just feels it just I think no it, sense. It, it makes no sense and it cheapens like the emotional impact of their sacrifice. Exactly. I, I, I saw it with I saw it with a group of people and two of the people I saw it with were like, you know, they gave you this hope that they might live, but then they all died and you know that they have to. And I was like, exactly. They did it correctly. If they had survived, it would have cheapened the ending so much, which is why I will only accept Jin as a character coming back in a prequel scenario to like fill in everything that happened after she was found hiding in a fake rock, which by the way, is a great contingency plan. And right at the beginning of Rogue One where we see her. That is literally the only time frame that we are, should be allowed to see her in ever again. All Instead, I'm saying is that... a lot. I think he, that's something I to know, say. I know. He's... he's <laughs> All I'm saying is that a lot of people turn up dead in Star Wars and then turn up not a lot better like 20 years down the line. No. That's all no, I'm Sam, saying. Everyone's dead here. No. It Darth is Maul not- is still officially alive in Star Wars canon, and he died in episode one. Cut in half, throw down a reactor he into has space. Hate. He yeah, has hate they all drink the Haterade. They're all yeah. Haterade heels. Listen, I'm pretty sure once the dust settled, Emperor Palpatine went on Scarif and he was no! like, Good. No! I'll take her <laughs> no! and rebuild her. <laughs> Jerusa is a six billion dollar woman. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, let's yeah. move on. I don't want to harp on this. Well, you're too late now. <laughs> what led us to this tangent was I was talking about my favorite characters, so oh, Diane so your fault. and 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 uh, Alan Tudyk. Who are your guys' favorite characters in the movie? Uh, I don't think I can. I don't think I can pick a favorite. I mean, K two. If we're being really honest, like sassy droid like perfect and blind monk jedi is probably yes yeah i think i think chira is just everyone's favorite character automatically and i approve because chira's my favorite and then so is Jin, still living erso oh you fucking <laughs> asshole i can't i can't i cannot I'm, i was curious like for well, first of all I, I i've been feeding on the fragile masculine tears of everyone who is railing against this movie because a very vocal minority were just outraged that there's another female protagonist in a Star Wars movie and another so-called Mary Sue. I'm just shaking my head. It's like, are you serious? You guys are so stupid. We need more, if anything. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's great. It's awesome. And, and, and now, like, little girl Star Wars fans, you know, now they have another hero they can look up to and cosplay and, you know... You know, maybe and that and when kids like when kids are playing Star Wars, like oh, I want to be Generoso. Like oh, cool. Yeah, last year they had Ray. This year they have Jin. I think it's amazing. In in my mind, people complaining about um when they complain about Ray being a Mary Sue, that's like complaining that Luke Skywalker is a Mary Sue. This time around, if they're gonna do it about Jin, then you might as well just say Han Solo is also a Mary Sue because I I can I Jin is like Han and I, and Ray is like Luke to me. Those are like the equivalencies. Character-wise. I, I would agree. Now that I'll agree with. 
Not the fact that, you know, they're gonna regrow a half-robotic gin from her bone marrow from that stupid kyber crystal that's been around her neck the whole movie. That's not happening! Now I'm done. <laughs> Ran over. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> and if Andy agrees with Stan, I'll kill him myself. Well, I don't think Andy still hasn't seen Rogue One. Yeah, yet. he's not participating in this episode. I have I have him in a in a in a deprivation tank, and he's he's meditating oh, right now because he hasn't seen it yet. It's just it's just us. Okay, well, when he does see it, if he agrees with you, I will gladly <laughs> come over there and tell him how wrong he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Settle the fisticuffs. We're good. Hell yeah. Uh, let's. Hmm. We did favorite characters. Mm-hmm. We've hit the feminism point, which yeah. I'm sorry at this at this point in our lives it doesn't need to be hit anymore. At least it shouldn't. It, it should oh, it should be an accepted like, an accepted part of movies and what's going to happen. But I don't know, but like okay. it, it's just so weird. Like with, like with fandom, especially at Star with Star Wars, you know, you you just can't please everyone. It's like oh, a black stormtrooper. That's unrealistic. Oh. Ray, oh, Jen Orso, two female protagonists. We don't need them. It's like uh, you, like you. There's always going to be a bunch of these idiots come up and and make noise, and it's just, it is so stupid. Star what Wars I is find, for everyone. What I find really funny about the whole Black Stormtrooper debate, it's like you don't know what the hell they look like underneath those helmets because they never take them yeah. off. So get the hell out. Yeah, like. They could be they could be green under there for all I can. Then what are you gonna say? Like, yeah, and I don't it's think it's unrealistic. I don't think Boba Fett was a was a white guy. Right? No, he wasn't. No, he was like Samoan, or the actor was like Samoan. Or yeah, uh, and the entire clone army was taken from his genes. You know, they're all cloned from from Jango Fett. Sorry. And the the thing with the Empire is that they're they're not racist they're speciesist they only want humans they they don't care what, what color the humans are they just they don't want no like twi'leks up in there that's that's what they, that's what their issue is oh good so at least they're not racist yeah if the they're empire just... isn't racist then neither should you be star wars fans thank you very much <laughs> yes the real threat are the aliens yeah xenophobia okay, no, Chris, no, no. <laughs> not racist <laughs> <laughs> no no we're, we're cool with the aliens we're cool with the aliens but it's just all of it is just really stupid and i just i mean i love the internet it just gives people a microphone or a megaphone for all these really idiotic stupid thoughts and just like uh and i love how they try to organize a boycott it's like well good luck with that i mean we made 150 million a box office weekend so i think they also don't need your under- dollars i think they also underestimate the very large present presence of nerds that exist that will go see the movie time and time again. Of course. So that's just it's just a waste of their time. It really is. It really is. So they yeah. made a lot of money this weekend, I think. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Um like 150 million from what I well, I mean from what I from when I last checked, but I'm sure And the weekend's uh, not even over. Imagine all the people that could be seeing it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen it twice or three times yet? I've I, I definitely plan on seeing it a second time, but uh, not I'm definitely yet. planning on seeing it a second time, but that has not happened yet. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna do the 4D experience. Oh, the 4DX. Yeah, th- yeah, th- they're still doing it until at least until the 30th of this month. 
So Star Wars Rogue One is in the the 4D. It is. All so right, the seats then that's move, where I'm there going are blasters, next. There's a fog machine. Dude, that was my original plan to to I drive up to New York City. Stan, do we do I think we should do this. I need to go up, I need to go up to New York City. We're going to go see N40X. I'm absolutely seeing War. Rogue One in 4DX at some point. It's Don't like the it. the Union Squad. Why? What's wrong, Ryan? What's what's so, the issue? So here's the thing. I made a huge mistake. And without realizing it, I thought I was buying tickets. This is the, I saw Suicide Squad twice in theaters. First time I saw it in IMAX 3D. Fantastic. The second time I saw it in 4DX didn't realize that that's what I had purchased tickets for. What? And after I had seen it, I knew what was going to happen. And I'm sitting in the chair going, oh, my God, this is a terrible idea. This is a terrible idea. There's rain in this movie. There's gunfire. There's car crashes. There is too much. And I was correct. Don't do it. No, but, but there's gonna, they're going to shoot lasers at us and throw you nades won't. at us okay, we'll and, it, and okay, smoke. We'll it it's going to be way. so cool. If you're going to see it, don't make the same mistake I did and put the giant bucket of popcorn on your lap while you see the movie because uh. you won't have anything left after that. <laughs> I literally had to hold the, the whole thing of popcorn out to here, way out in front of me to prevent anything. But the the way you sit in the chair is it, anything environmental sort of like affects it. So if there's fog, there's like steam, there's water, there's this, there's that. It's it's a little intense. I I dig it. I mean, I know Doctor uh. Strange was playing in 4DX. I missed that. I really I like when I first heard about it. Um, Mad Max Fury Road like literally just wrapped up the week before. I was so mad. I was like, oh, I want to see Fury Road in 4DX, and I can never, I can never do it again. But but as far as I know, I checked the dates. It's definitely playing until the end of the month. Um, the 4DX theater info they don't give information about january viewing dates yet but at least until um the end of the month it's they're still playing rogue one which is great news so plenty of time to rethink that choice (laughs) 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 it's just it was just a lot of motion and Mm -hmm. not in like the fun way so oh, I think I, I I can tell I'm gonna have so much fun with that. It's gonna be awesome. It oh. was a little intense for me, and I don't. I usually do, I'm a horror freak, so like I don't mind intense. I don't mind sitting on the edge of my seat. I don't mind like getting scared. I don't mind jumping around and moving around like a freaking animal. But this was just it. Just took it to like a whole new level. It was weird. All right, cool. So we talked about our favorite characters. How about favorite moments? In the in the film, I know Ryan's is when they fucking blew up in the end because she, she she doesn't <laughs> like any happiness. It's, no, that made me happy as sadistic exactly. as that sounds. My, my point it made exactly. Me really happy that everybody died because it's what they were supposed to. I was happy that the movie ended the way it should have. Um, I think this take is, that as however you want. <laughs> I think this is everyone's favorite parts, but. Both times Vader was on screen, I think were amazing, especially the end where he does that crazy, like, Jason Voorhees, like, swath through the hallways and all the rebels. Um, I really like the introduction to Chirrut and his his big bald baby Wookiee and 
just the the way he fought off all those stormtroopers with his staff and just like his his mantra and i thought that was awesome and i really like the scene where um where jin reunites with her father on the the engineer's base for the death star and like ha- them having that like really emotional moment i thought was really really awesome plus plus cheer pulled out his fucking staff and blew up a tie fighter yeah what a oh. boss uh, this that, that tugs at my heartstrings a little. Also, I just like anything with Mads Mikkelsen in it. We know I have like a huge soft spot for that man. So yeah, yeah and Mads, his eyes aren't fucked up in this movie, which is great. You know, like Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like his eyes Chris, aren't deformed. Chris, you, you, why do you want to upset me? It's just it won't work. It doesn't work out well. I know, but like I'm saying, this is a good thing. It's a good change because, oh like, you know, you, you, you had like Casino Royale, you had Death Stranding, you had um, okay, uh, Casino Doctor Royale. Strange. The man had a glass eye. Leave him alone, or whatever it was. His eyes aren't screwed up in the shit <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you know, Gallon has probably a better chance of being alive than Jin does, to be honest. Oh. Oh. And they did build the second <laughs> no. Death Star, no. so... As much as I love Mads, his time went. It came and went. That was it. Unless he is part of a Jin origin story where they flip-flop back and forth, which would be annoying as hell, he's dead too. That's it. I want to... Actually, now that you mention that, I'd, Stan, I'd love to see... Stan, you want to upset the order of everything! That's what you no, want! I'd, I'd love to see a Mad Mickelson-led Death Star movie where they go through the process of like building the damn thing with Tarkin and... What was his name? Krennic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like... It could like, be like an espionage that. movie. Where, and all like, like politics and like nitty-gritty shit and then like Darth Vader comes up for a bubble bath every once in a while. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I could be okay with that. Good, Stan. We're making progress. <laughs> <laughs> Just no one coming back to life off of a goddamn burnt beach. Uh, 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 my favorite moments, uh, again, doesn't need lots of elaboration. Every single Donnie Yen moment. Like, for me, watching Donnie Yen movies, a lot of it, it's just, you know, like, the hardcore martial arts stuff. So, like, It Mon, uh, Fla- uh, Flashpoint, SPK dragon tiger gate this is the probably the first time i've seen donnie Yen you do humor and he's 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 really funny like that one scene where they're being taken to to saw Guerrera, and he's yes. like are you kidding i'm blind and that was so <laughs> funny and it's like yeah, donnie Yen, donnie Yen, you're he's really he's a really funny guy so i i really appreciated that and i guess his, i i mean i guess it's all the vader moments as well and I just love the entire ensemble of the third act, like that hour and a half long battle. It just played out like Saving Private Ryan, but with Star Wars. And it was just really gritty and really cool. And it was hopeless on one hand, but, you know, it hearkening back to Jen Orso's motivational speech, you know, we'll take the next chance that we get and then the next one and the next one until no chances are left. And you see that all the time with like Rook, you know, trying to get the master switch, and the rebels are, you know, trying to distract them, and then Chirrut sacrificing himself to turn on the master switch, and then the whole scene inside the tower. Ugh. So it was really good. Yeah, I think I I don't think I'm way off base by saying this. I know this movie is still the most fresh in our minds, but I think that whole beach scene and the whole like them getting the Death Star plans 
has to probably be like the best action sequence in the entire franchise. Just like I from so start too. to finish. Uh, I can agree with that. Stan, you played you played a uh, Star Wars Battlefront, right? You know, like, yeah. like I feel like that that the, that entire third act is what Battlefront should have been, and I haven't played it. Like I, you haven't played it in a while either. Yeah, I haven't played it in like. Did a you good did year. you get the same feeling? Like you know, like I, I know you're not in the movie, but like did, when you play Battlefront, did you get the same like vibe or? And not really. I mean. No, I think the sequel, like if they do a Battlefront 2, they already said that they're going to put a campaign in there and not a, not have it be only multiplayer. I hope the campaign is something like Rogue One. And I think it will really benefit from that. But no, it just it just felt like multiplayer, like really beautiful, like multiplayer only stuff. I didn't, you know, it was just battles. There was no like storytelling to the battles, really. Hmm. Yeah, I think Battlefront or whatever. Yeah, Battlefront would have benefited from a single player campaign, but I, mean, I guess I guess I mean that the the appeal is you replay all the iconic battles. Um, but I think that's one of the things that I really like about Rogue One is just just in general, it just showed us like a lot of a lot of the they teased us with a lot of familiar things, like the fact that. You had um, Bail Organa say, "Oh, I'm gonna go back to Alderaan," and everyone's like, "No, don't go back." Yeah. <laughs> or like Mon Mothma's there, or the, the fact that Bail's like, "Oh, I know someone. Um, he's like, he's a friend. He's a Jedi chilling in the desert. He can help us, and yeah. and my daughter can help." And but there's there's a lot to this movie that was brand new and never seen, and it felt a lot like. Like, the best parts of, like, the original trilogy mixed with, like, stuff from, like, Expanded Universe, and, and they were really bold with their choices and their direction, and I, I honestly feel like I enjoyed this movie more than Force Awakens, just because mm. of how fresh and how new and how bold they took the direction of the Same. films. It was, it was truly original. And I think it felt, not that, not that I felt that The Force Awakens didn't belong but it it really felt like that this like belonged in like the most like right and correct way possible. Yeah. Like I mm. definitely liked it more than The Force Awakens and I loved The Force Awakens. Yeah. With so. like every fiber of my being, but I definitely love this way more. I think that um the reason why in my in my opinion that Rogue One is a little bit better than Force Awakens is because for the Force Awakens, they had they could have literally done anything with the story. They just had to make a good movie because they had they blew up the extended universe, so it was just like brand new, fresh, whatever concept they wanted to come out come up with. It could have been two hours of like Luke Skywalker like picking daisies, you know. <laughs> it just had to be. It just had to be a good movie. That's all they had to do, right? With Rogue One, they had to make a a good movie but also adhere to every single rule of the time period of like what they could and they couldn't do with it being set right before a new hope um having the stuff that came before like making an original trilogy era movie with all the knowledge of what happened in the prequels and they had to make all all the dots connect and they had to make sure all the rules were in place and they didn't break any of the rules and they didn't have people where they weren't supposed to be they didn't even show the emperor because they didn't show the emperor until um empire strikes back so they even stuck to that 
with not showing like him in a hologram or something, you know. So they did that and also stuck to all the rules of Star Wars. They didn't they didn't have like a whole new frontier to deal with. It was just right there and they did it and that's why I think it it works better because they kind of didn't have a choice. <laughs> they, they it was either <laughs> they stick to all the rules and work with those rules um or no one would have believed where it fit in the timeline and there would have been so many inconsistencies. And I don't think there are any, I think they did a really good job of, of being the connective tissue between revenge and a new hope. And I, I just, I think it's great that revenge of the Sith ends with the skeleton of the death star. And then you have this in the middle with the death star finally being complete. And then you get to see it blow up in the in the next movie. It's it's like its own. It turns the Death Star into like its own character, and now it has its own tiny arc going through Revenge of the Sith and ending in A New Hope, where he dies and he and he comes back in Jedi. But <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's ever going to be like a Rogue Two where it's a movie about the Bothan spies that steal the plans for Death and Star? Nobody 2? wants to see like a, a shitload of Bothan spies getting blown up. <laughs> Uh, well, Ben Hammered. <laughs> That's never happening now. <laughs> but apparently, Venom Venom Genorso is. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, believe it. So this is a good segue. We were talking about how Rogue One fits into our reviews and reception of The Force Awakens. So, I think it's a good time to refresh our Star Wars ranking list. So, who wants to start? I'll go. All right. I I have to put it at New Hope, Empire, Rogue One, Jedi, then Force Awakens. And then the other three shits that I hate can just sit way in the back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another good thing about Rogue One that I, I don't know if we realize, but this but now we are finally able to have a top five that doesn't include any prequel movies. Thank yes! you. <laughs> Thank you, Lucas Films and Disney. We can now have our top five Star Wars movies not have any Screaming Invaders or anything like that. So that's nice. That should make everyone very happy. Uh, Stan? Sure. Um, Empire, number one. Uh, A New Hope, number two, because it's where everything began. And I, I have a lot of nostalgia for A New Hope. Then I put Rogue One, number three. Um, then I put a Force Awakens right under that, right under that, and number five Jedi, and then and then three one two. If you want to get there, two is garbage. <laughs> uh, for me, um, A New Hope because that's where it all began. Empire because Empire just it's dark and crazy and like there's lots of shocking reveals and it's just an excellently done movie. Uh, Rogue One. The Force Awakens, then Return of the Jedi, and then uh, then after that, like the prequels are all in the mixed bag. But at the, at the lead, it's uh, Phantom Menace, just because Darth Maul and Ray Park. That's like the only saving grace of that movie. Um, and then Re- Revenge, and then Attack of the Clones, because that that was just a dumpster trash fire. So garbage. The only the only good part about Attack of the Clones is that we got Mace Windu's purple lightsaber. Yeah, and Christopher That's Lee. Chris, oh, yeah. I love Christopher Lee. Dooku, Dooku, do- do- yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, episode eight. Oh, uh, do we have a release date on episode eight? It's like sometime next in Christmas. 20... Next Christmas. Nice. Yay! 
Excellent. We all know what we're doing in a year. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Right now, I, I'm plenty content just watching Rogue One at least in that like two or three times because I know there's been plenty of articles that review like all the Easter eggs and nods, but um, I'm sure like there's still stuff that even those articles missed. Like some of the big prominent ones, you had um, ruffians that showed up in the cantina bar, Dr. Ivazan and Ponda Baba. It's like the, the guy with like, the, the form face and the really big nose and the guy, oh, the, yeah. the alien with like a baboon butt for a mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, you had, actually, I was really surprised about this. There's a bunch of crossovers to Star Wars Rebels, which is also canon. Yeah. I think the ship showed up and they called out some characters' names and there's a lot, there's a lot of cool, like, crossover with that. Yeah. So, uh, we're we're looking forward to episode eight, but, uh, at Rogue One, if you haven't seen it yet, go, go watch it, like, like our boy Andy here. Uh, and I assume, I guess not until... 2017 will get his thoughts on on the episode or on the on the movie so let's cap it off with our ratings for the movie and sign off i'm gonna give rogue one five out of five rogues like this was just like it was a really it was a perfect movie like stan said i think there was a a reason to pause of how of what could go wrong because like you had to worry about all the continuities and uh, you had to operate within constraints, but I think they did incredibly well. I think the movie paid, the movie gave a lot of time establishing and fleshing out and developing the characters and the motivations and the relationships. So at the end of the film, I really felt like I was really connected to these characters. I knew a lot about them and it just made the, the emotional impact of their death and sacrifice all the more impactful. Um, cinematography is awesome. Um, I love how it just connected webs between all the old and new trilogies and just that epic, epic third act of, the, of them fighting the beach. Like, that, that was an incredible piece of cinema and, like, I think hands down, like, the best action scene in a Star Wars movie I've ever seen to date. Uh, and Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Praise be Donnie Yen. So, uh, how about you guys? Stan, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so, I would say Rogue One is like 10, 10 rogue leaders out of a possible rogue squadron. And I, and I think that's because I, I, there are some flaws in, in this movie. Like it's not, it's not like pitch perfect. Um, I, I left that movie not knowing anybody's names except for Jin. Like I didn't know who the fuck anybody was. I don't even know if they said who anybody's name was except for like Gallen and Saw Guerrera and whatnot. I don't, I don't remember anybody. I was calling him like fucking Donnie Bald Friend and, and the, the hairless <laughs> Wookiee. And, and that was it. But, you know, I, fuck all that stuff. I, I really loved it and, and I enjoyed watching it. And, you know, I love seeing Tarkin and Leia and Vader and C3PO and R2D2 and and those two thugs that that got wrecked by Obi-Wan in in A New Hope and and then all the new stuff and I think Jin is an awesome character. I, I think Chirrut's an awesome character. I, and I think it they introduced a lot of good aspects of the Star Wars universe and it fleshed it out and it gave us like a good collection of amazing new characters that we can now go off and like read extended universe stuff about them you know like comic book series or novels or maybe they'll show up in rebels you know and so it's it adds to the mythology and gives us a a great new Star Wars 
And it and the other thing is that this sold us on the Star Wars anthology movie as being something worth watching. So there's no more like you know, oh, it's only the trilogies that matter because now they they knocked it out of the park with the very first um, anthology movie, and they kind of had to. It's kind of like if the first Iron Man movie was garbage, there'd be no MCU. So it, for the anthology movies to work, they had to go big, and they went big, and it, and it worked out in the end. And I, I, it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah, we have uh, the Han Solo solo film to look forward to with uh, uh, Donald Glover. Lando, so that's that's something we're really looking worth looking forward to. I haven't heard any news. Oh, wait, actually, are they still doing like a Boba Fett standalone movie? I think I'm more interested in seeing an Obi Wan. That's what I want, mm-hmm. and the standalone Lando. That's what I want with Donald Glover. True facts. Ryan, how about your rating? Four out of five rogues. Because I think that's solid. But like Stan said, there were still some flaws. Like it wasn't completely perfect. I think it was perfect in the sense that it validates like Stan said as well, and validates the anthology films. It doesn't... I, I think that the argument of there's only the original three and The Force Awakens and then them other shits isn't really... I, th- I think the episodes one, two, and three sort of, in my mind at least, don't become contenders anymore. I think that you have The Force Awakens, you've got Rogue One and the original three, and that's what you deal with now. And it now becomes... Rogue One is that that is the impression of Vader you have moving into Empire, Return of the Jedi, all of the A New Hope. Like that's that's what you get now instead of what we had when we were growing up, and I think that just makes it that just makes it ten times better. Yeah. So absolutely, this current generation has it too good. We had to grow up with shitty Star Wars movies, we and now they're did. getting all the good ones. <laughs> We had to convince ourselves that Revenge of the Sith wasn't garbage because it had Vader in it. I'm. It's still a piece of shit. I, I don't care if it has Vader. It was still a piece of shit. But Ryan, the last time Anakin and Obi Wan see each other, Anakin is standing in the shadows and Obi Wan standing in the light. Symbolism. Oh, oh. <laughs> you could have done that in the first five minutes of the movie, and symbolism done over. I'm pretty sure, like. Anybody with a fucking brainstem could have figured that out. Like, that's where we were headed. But, but then when, where where would they have fit in Duel of Fates? I know. That's like <sighs> Duel of Fates and, and and Darth Maul. And I guess upscale lightsaber combat is like the best parts of Phantom Menace. And like, actually, I haven't seen the original, uh, not the original, um, the, the new trilogy in a while. So I don't know if I'm still... I don't even think I could. Colored. I don't even think I could. I don't even think I could sit through it because I remember when Phantom Menace first came out in the theaters. I sat there the entire time, going, "Where's Where's Yoda? Where's Where's Han? Where's Where are all these people that I like <laughs> watching stuff?" I was confused as hell. I was like, "Who is this brat? Who is this? And why is he not old?" And it just it, re- it just made me so angry. And the other two movies, I think I went with other people, so it's not like I really had a choice. They're like, we're going to go see Star Wars. I was like, they re-released them in theaters? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? What? Oh, this is great. <laughs> and then, like, and then an Attack of the Clones comes on screen. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was displeased <laughs> greatly. But, yeah, I just think that, yeah, they just shouldn't, no, they just shouldn't be acknowledged. It's like that season that doesn't exist of American Horror Story. I'm going to throw it in with that. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. 
So Rogue One was good. It was, yeah, very good. <laughs> very good. More of the story. It's a very happy holiday. It's our new Star Wars Life Day holiday special. So yep. go watch it. Worth it for sure. Totally worth it. Yes. Watch it again and again and again. And that's it, right? And we're done, right? We're done. We're, we're done. Sign us out. Sign us off, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Super Nerd Pals, episode 93. You can find this on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And Google Please subscribe. Play. Uh, Google Play, yes. Please subscribe. Give us a good rating. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. I'm Stan Gadurski. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. I'm Chris Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. And I'm Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at the underscore red underscore horror. And you can find all of us on Super Nerd Pals' Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Super Nerd Pals. We are approaching 550 strong. Join us. Woo! Thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Keep Good. keep spreading the word. Good. Keep posting dank memes and news. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and please let us know. Please let us know what you thought about rogue one but be mindful not everyone has seen it yet so if you do post something just put a marker for spoilers and a disclaimer spoiler tags please (laughs) (laughs) peace out peace out tell your friends and happy holidays dun dun there's gonna be a star wolf